You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Coach Mayer, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year once again. Welcome back to Compile the Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. Seth. And we have a guest who just blew our minds, telling us we have to change his moniker. We don't coach change. Mayor, coach Mayor Jared Lowe is here. I am no longer a coach, and I am no longer a mayor, so I... I... What am I? <laughs> Tell me what I am if I am not those things. I don't know. Hearts you're just the, broke all across you're the Washington mayor of, County. Of Cocaine, Ohio. <laughs> Coach of the Cocaine Bears. Mm. So the girls aren't in any sports at the moment. Yet, like you can't coach your gymnastics squad or anything. Odin doesn't like a man. They got there blowing a whistle like Come on, roll, roll over that back. Come on. Yeah, that would be awesome. You could get the get the Mr. T uh Mohawk <laughs> like, in, in the tracksuit. Coaching a gymnastics team. No. Yeah, just like the old cartoon from the eighties. Not cool enough. Alright, so thank you for joining us for our next little chat. And uh, we want to thank you out there for listening. Wanna thank our pal Nathan Arnold for piping up and uh having some uh, recommendations and suggestions for us. He's been listening to some of our old episodes, some of our new episodes, so we appreciate it. And he was wanting us, he, he was bummed we hadn't finished talking about Hawkeye. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> That's a personal <laughs> apology. But, uh, this yeah. Is our, the this is the first time we've been back since it, it Yeah, aired, the, so. the timing was off a little bit around the holidays. We didn't we didn't keep up on the all the pop culture right around the holidays, so... We talked about the first five episodes of Hawkeye. I had never talked about the finale. And then there's, since then, there's been a million other things. So we're going to try to get to what we can tonight. Uh, we're going to start focusing on uh, everything popping on Disney Plus at the moment since we're talking Hawkeye. So we'll, we'll wrap up our Hawk Talk and then on to, on to new stuff. So anybody remember what happened? <laughs> I took more notes on this one because I knew it might be oh, a one. Oh, God. good. I had to go for it. Let us know. All right, so uh, we had just learned the Kingpin was back. Jared, you've seen these, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was so long ago. Of course you saw. <laughs> All right, so we saw. Okay, so going into this one, my thinking was there's only one hour left, and there's a whole lot of plot lines still to be resolved. How is the show going to wrap all this stuff up? And they did it by just throwing everybody all in the same building. Yeah, the plot all just happened. They all they put all the characters in the building and let it all work itself out, and it it, it worked well enough for me. So we saw uh, Eleanor, Kate's mom, met with Wilson Fisk, showing that they have a relationship. That she is some into some level of villainy. We don't know how bad she is, but we know that she quote unquote handled Armand, and then Jack. Jack Duquesne took the fall, her fiance, and that she wants out of the 
prime life. She wants. She thinks she's paid her debt to, to the kingpin, and she wants out. But we know that's not usually how he works. Um, we after Clint and Kate had kind of a a falling out, or they they kind of split up. Now they're back together. And he says, "You're my partner. Your mess is my mess." So they're they're back in it together. They have a, a montage of them making a, a new batch of trick arrows, <laughs> and we're ready. <laughs> we're ready for this finale. So that we've also got Maya, who Echo is uh, got a lot. Yeah, uh, she unsettled. Yeah, she had. We haven't got a whole lot of screen time from her as the main. I guess she was supposed to be the main antagonist. We thought, but I don't know. We didn't get a whole lot from her. But again, she tells. Wilson Fisk that she's done. She's done with vengeance. She doesn't need, you know, she doesn't, she's getting, you know, she wants out of the life as well, it seems like. Uh, and she says she, they, they tell each other they love each other, that he's been like a father figure to her, but I, he knows she's just saying that. And he, he, like, I think he, at this point, he knows she's, she's turned and he doesn't have control over her anymore. So, that's where all the main characters are as we start. So we, we, they have a big fancy party at this building. They've got all the LARPers there as waiters. <laughs> uh, Yelena shows up. Jack is out of out of jail, walking out with a sword on his head. Yeah, just blatantly just going <laughs> to no, wear okay, this pirate so, sword. Yeah, so then that's just how it all happens. Uh, uh, Kaz, the other the head tracksuit guy. Is there as a, a sniper rifle that he has to fight Clint? Uh, Yelena shows up and Kate has to uh, try to stop her, and they have a great scene in the elevator. Uh, probably the highlight for a lot of people. They're they're sort of back and forth. Yeah, yeah. As far you know, just the series as a whole, I I, I kind of felt like as soon as Kingpin showed up a lot of attention was kind of like my attention was on to him. Cause then I, I was like wondering, is this, you know, is this supposed to be the same guy? Is it supposed to be, um, some other multiverse kingpin version guy? Because he was, you know, he had that like Hawaiian shirt on with the, with the white, he was dressed a lot differently than we'd seen in daredevil where he was very, in on top of style when he had that's just casual that's Christmas King Pen. <laughs> yeah. Christmas King Pen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as he showed up, yeah, you're right. The the all the echo stuff was just kinda in the background for me. Um we're gonna get more with her, we know. She's gonna have her own show, but yeah, just it felt like I don't know, it like a lot of a lot of character stuff happened pretty quickly and just sort of yeah you know, move on that was fine with me though i i i saw somebody else complaining about that and i was like she's gonna have her own show they can focus on that then yeah, i want to have as, yeah. i want to have as much fun stuff because the stuff with her was not fun i'm sorry <laughs> like yeah. i wanted the i wanted the kate elena Clint stuff. That was all. That was the good stuff. Yeah, clearly. Which, by the way, I loved. I love the fact that I mean, maybe, maybe I'm slow, but I love the fact that they have taken what they set up over the last decade. You know, 
ever since back at the beginning, the one of the great relationships in the MCU is Black Widow and Hawkeye. And now mm-hmm. this comes full circle and they've laid the groundwork for this great relationship between a new Black Widow and a new Hawkeye. Uh, it's like that will take us into the years to come with, you know, and now they have an origin story of their own, you know, their own uh, Budapest. They'll say, Oh, remember what happened to Christmas and Rockefeller center. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like it took till now till we fully got that Hmm. from Clint and Natasha, like her own movie didn't really humanize her the way this even did. So yeah, that, but the, the scene later here between Clint and Yelena I yeah. did a lot of heavy lifting that the Avengers movies or Black Widow movie. I just love the do. reflections of that. Like they still are using that. I mean, that's always been a comic book thing too, is their relationship. And yeah, it's two different people now, but still to have them, those legacy characters type, those names. So we had truckfuls of tracksuit mafia at, Attack the building, and they've they got red tracksuits and green tracksuits. We had a again festive outfits for the big fight. They swarm all over Rockefeller Center and have a big skating ring fight. Had the good, you know, the duo fight, you know, different arrows. We had trick arrows. We had another, the Pym arrow oh, makes another appearance. Loving all the trick arrows. Just yeah. that's, yeah, that was always Hawkeye's thing, man. I, lo- I love that. And again, Jack Duquesne gets in just on guard. Like he just he's just standing the at the door, just slicing people up, and like nobody <laughs> says anything. <laughs> and that's so like there's there's something that's so different. You know, obviously the swordsman is nothing like that. It's like they just take that character, you know, take make him a swordsman like you know their their new version of a swordsman, and he's just this fun, silly, <laughs> you know character that is you know it this is the perfect show for that type of character just a comic relief they announced yeah. the swordsman solo series yet because i would totally watch that yeah like, yeah he, he was so just goofy and weird and yeah. funny and he'll make you some tea or something yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I he wants to make it. sure everybody's comfortable but yeah, I mean, it was it was a good fight scene. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was funny when he got stuck in the in the Christmas tree, and was just like, "Leave me in here. Don't, do not get me out of this tree. Do not do whatever you're gonna do." So, but and another another way, you know, you always get, oh, we got a god and a, a tech billionaire and a guy with a bow and arrow. It's like the showing that what Clint can do with a bow and arrow that right. know, he, he can hold his own. In any any sort of fight. Uh, so Maya confronted Kazi. Uh, you know that they had a long history together, and she says she wants them both to get out of there, and he's never going to do it. So she has to kill him. Uh, so again, more tragedy for her backstory that I'm sure we'll eventually get to. And we had Kate big fight with the Kingpin inside FAO Schwartz. <laughs> pretty brutal brutal moment he snaps all her arrows so she's you know she's not going to win physically and he kind of takes her tricks away so what's left she does the bottle cap trick flicking the cuff link you knew that had to come back at some point but for i I will say like 
do you work yourself in this show you work yourself up battles and levels of toy stores at the mm. <laughs> You have to fight the low-level thugs and the KB toys. Right. <laughs> I could have used a, a mid-level fight in a Toys R Us before we go all the way to FAO. Yeah. <laughs> so then Maya shows up at the end and shoots the Kingpin, who we know can't be dead, but you know we, we didn't see a we didn't see a dead body. So. Now, isn't that from the comics? Yeah, she eventually betrays him and. Or learns that he, he wasn't telling the truth and goes out on her own. And it, I mean, I I believe the way it went, like she shoots him, mm. and he. So I assume I'm getting the assumption they do, are doing like the comics where he's not dead. And I mean, yeah, I believe it went down like he lost his sight from that shot. Hmm. That's what that's what happened in the comics. So like now, which I really feel like is what's going to happen. Obviously, he's not going to be dead. So when he comes back in her series, he'll he'll probably be blind, like he was in the comics, which is sure fits in with Daredevil stuff. Yeah, that could be that could be fun. All right. So as all this is going on, we finally Elena confronts Clint Barton. She doesn't believe you know, he's tried to explain what happened to Natasha and she doesn't believe him. He does the secret whistle showing, you know, how much Natasha had talked about Elena and like that he did know her on this intimate level is finally what sort of stops her from her bloodlust. And they kind of finally bond over, you know, they both had, you know, she was such a big part of both their lives. And I thought it was super powerful. She says, why did she sacrifice herself for you? Why do you deserve it? And he says, I don't. So she says, you should have fought harder. And it's like, that's what he's been thinking since Endgame. Like, yeah, right. thanks. He's, he's, she's saying everything he's already you know, right. beat himself help, beat himself up for. So, yeah, it's not that they they both agree. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> they agree. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> I suck. I know. <laughs> So, and then at the uh, the very end, we get the after credit scene, right? Well, well they gives they gotta get get home for Christmas. That was the main. That yeah, the main oh, yeah. Anybody so, want to? Anybody have anything to say here? Nope. Uh, <laughs> Nobody. Nothing. If any, so, if anybody had listened to uh, maybe the first or second episode where we were recapping, and I was like, I know how this ends. Mm-hmm. He makes it home for Christmas. If he doesn't make it home for Christmas, she died for nothing because that was the whole point. She sacrificed herself so that Clint could be with his family. And so he had, and it's a Christmas show. He has to make it home for Christmas and be there with his family. And guess what? It happened. And he brought her with him. I think I also called right as soon as we had any clue that, she was Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pass. He he gives her the watch back. His wife, uh, yeah. Cardellini, the the watch back, yep. and it's got the the shield logo with the nineteen engraved on the on the back. So yeah, he says, "Take better care of your stuff." <laughs> so yeah, that 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 the watch that's been the plot point since episode one. That you know, if that got out, it would reveal her past as an agent. And, yeah, uh, so that's. 
makes her a more interesting character for sure. She's not just a housewife. She has a whole past history as right. well. Yeah. She's not wife on the phone like so many people have to play and yeah. stuff. She she was there with the info. Boom. Right. She was in that and, stuff. And uh, and since then I've seen so many people play the clip from the original Avenger or yo Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. So many people have played that when they discovered that he's married and has a family and he takes all the Avengers to the farm and Tony, you know, as soon as he meets sees the wife, Linda Cardellini there, that he, he says, Oh, she's this agent of some sort. And so everybody's pointed that out, which I'm sure was just a throwaway line at the yeah. time, but they gotta foggy it up and fix yep. everything. Yep. I love it. Marvel doesn't do throwaway lines. What are you talking about? No, come on. <laughs> So, yeah, he takes Kate home for Christmas, fully proving that they're, she's part of the family. Because, you know, her family, she, she doesn't know who her mom is anymore. So she's right. home with the Bartons. And he tells her that Kate makes Clint better in every way and that he's proud of her, which I'm sure is all she's been wanting to hear. And they burn the Ronin suit. So that chapter is over. That The chapter of vengeance and violence that he... he Minority killing and killing non-whites, <laughs> which is his favorite pastime for Ronan, is to go find all the minorities. Kill. And so <laughs> she's she's trying to figure out a new code name. Should she be Lady Hawk, Hawk Eve, Hawk Shot, Lady Arrow? Nope, she's just gonna be Hawkeye. Boom! Roll credits. And then what Cl- what uh, Cliff has been waiting for this whole time. The real Christmas Happy present. Holidays. said Happy Holidays from Marvel and we got the whole scene from Rogers the Musical. The whole oh, musical man. number. Oh, I almost uh, impulse bought you a pair of Rogers the Musical socks. Oh anyway. man, that would be sweet. <laughs> I uh, cracked me up though. Because, I mean, they had it in the show but then I found myself just I wanted to see the whole thing so bad. Like, just show it to me. And then finally, in the credits, we got the, we got the whole song, the whole production of that of that uh, that they filmed for Rogers the Musical, the fake musical. And, because they uh, had to write it and choreograph it. and Like, they had to do it, so yeah. they might as well show it. They, it well, mm. exactly. I mean, all that work for those guys. But then I, I saw a... The, it, uh, couple weeks later it ruined me a little bit because i saw somebody making a point of like you know what would the only thing that probably would have topped that is if at the end of that song if they had panned over into the, back into that crowd and we we could have saw you know uh falcon and the winter soldiers sitting there just kind of smirking through the whole thing i was like yeah that would have been pretty good too but but i i loved it i thought it was great um give me more of that so Yeah, just, um, just music, Marvel musicals from here on out. That's everything's a musical. End of time. <laughs> so what's uh, so what's gonna what what's your prediction is next from this property? Like it was a I I would consider it a hit. A uh, you know it got positive reaction. You know I would think they're gonna do something else with that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They're. I mean, do you mean with with do you think they're going With, to do more Hawkeye or is this yeah. going to, I don't know that I don't know um, if they'll do another 
season of the series picking it up with her or if it really as much of these marvel shows on disney plus have been really it's just a building to that young avengers yeah you know i think it's going to be everything is really kind of all these shows if you think about it falcon and winter soldier we had um uh shoot patriot yeah the patriot uh loki we had kid loki in it um yeah i mean we're we're waiting on that to happen i was just curious like I think they'll if continue. we get another see it, I mean, if we get another season that's specific to Hawkeye, I would think it's her. Yeah. But I think if it's a Hawkeye show, I would think it's going to, they might even do like her going to the West coast, like they did in the book, you know, do something like that, involve her mom more. Maybe they could even, I don't know what they, you know, I don't know, but I could see them want, maybe not him, but leaning into, yeah, her having her own series who knows they haven't really doubled up on anything yet but they are going to have a loki season two mm-hmm. i'm just curious which what of these seasons what which of these i mean wandavision was a huge hit but i don't see them doing that again you know like I'm just curious i would think that they would it would be so tempting to do season twos of some of these shows mm-hmm. Yeah, where, where do you guys kind of rank this with the? Uh, I think this was my favorite of all of them. Yeah, Disney we kind of privately, we kind of privately sent ourselves. I I started it off. I don't even remember what my rankings were. I think this was at the top. Uh, yeah, I I, I, ha- I had this above Loki of the Disney Plus. I think I, I went Hawkeye, WandaVision, Winter Soldier, then what was the other Loki? Yeah. Yeah, this was my favorite. I I, I think, uh, and Jordan maybe alluded to it earlier. Yeah, the the way they kind of wrapped it up with Lena. I mean, like that that made it retroactively made the Black Widow movie better. You yeah. know, like kind of yeah. having this kind of tag to it and ending to it, um, which I think kind of helped help that movie. Uh, <laughs> Frozen. Wait till half hour to talk. Oh, there you go. Just. I love what I was saying. I froze there. <laughs> yeah, you froze there. Man. You froze. We got you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this was probably the most fun. I think I per- personally still preferred Wandavision, barely over this, but I think they were both great. Yeah. 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 Falcon third, Loki fourth. Yeah. I don't remember how I ranked them, keep, but I liked them all. Keep watching them. Be good. Be good. So we did it. They <clears throat> yeah, did it. We it. did it. What else you got? This is the Disney show, right? Yep, this is the Disney show. We're right into um, December the 29th. Premiered the book of Boba Fett. Boba uh, Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> I want to meet Boba Fett. Boba he Fett. is kind of Boba Fett. Actually, he I think you can say yeah. it right. He is Bubba Fett. Like, yeah. maybe Matt kind of makes me feel better about him not being what <laughs> I was expecting. You know, so. Yeah. But this one hasn't quite had the, you know, Mandalorian came out and it was instant. Like we said, there's not been a Star Wars property that everyone loved. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. It is since not. Since the original trilogy. I'll say, I'll say right off the bat, it is not the Mandalorian. 
So the the, the fan reaction is not what Mandalorian. I would say I am I'm with a lot of the fans as far like I I love the Mandalorian. Like when Mm -hmm. a new episode comes out, I can't wait to watch it. You know, I can't wait to hear that theme song. I I love that the pro. But I, I'm a huge Bubba Fett fan, and the only problem, you know, I mean, a lot of people complaining about this show. The problem Does is Slave One have the have the Confederate flag on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's problematic. Yeah, the the problem with with this is what everybody wants Boba Fett to do. They did with the Mandalorian, so they have to do something different. And I. We lost Jared, yeah, but uh, I don't know what I, I don't know. It's just, it's just they can't do the same thing, and so we yeah we're stuck we're stuck with this different story that is not exactly exciting. Yeah, to me, it's doing it's doing this the familiar stuff, the reference. Oh, there's an alien I recognize. There's a character reference. There's a name. It's doing all that stuff we love about the Mandalorian, but it just doesn't have the the depth to it that that one does or the the excitement or something. So it has all the fun star Warsiness yeah. of the Mandalorian, but it just doesn't for me, doesn't have the storytelling. Now yeah. I will say this, this series is being, this was my initial impression of it. The series is very Robert Rodriguez without a doubt. Everything on the surface is Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, he's, he is the, he used to be good. And when he did some Mandalorian, he really yeah. came all out. And came hard, and the action was great, and everything was great that he did. And now he's all like, "I'm gonna be uh, playing the extra characters," and yeah, you know, it's it's too much. Robert Rodriguez, he's uh, not he's he's not doing a good job. Well, see, I'm hmm, I've I've thought about this, and I've listened to some different opinions on it because there is a huge, apparently a huge party that they're like. No, this is not my Boba Fett. He has to be, you know, he shouldn't take the helmet off. He has to be badass, not speak much, all this stuff. But okay, um, that's fine. I don't care. I, I, I've heard that too. And that that is an argument people have. It's not the Boba Fett that they grew up with. It's not. No. By the way, it's not. No. <laughs> it's not. But, and, and what they want is to, uh, is it, the, what is happening with the Mandalorian to be Boba Fett, but they're doing something different. And I don't even right. care about that. It's the fact that it's not interesting. I'm mm. not, I don't care what they do with the character. Yeah. If it would be interesting, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that exciting. <laughs> three episodes in. Um, I mean, real quick, let's go over the episodes. Episode one, stranger in a strange land. This is the, um, starts with the, Guys, we got to call it the flashbacta because every flashback is oh. he's in the back to tank. Yeah, here's what it is. Yeah, I every time I go get in the bathtub, I go back to remembering my life. Yeah, you put that cro- mouthpiece and, in. and when I get out, when out, I, I stop. When I get back in, I chronologically pick right. up where I left <laughs> off. Right, exactly. That happens as to everyone does. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, but it starts out right where, where, right where everybody wanted it to start out. Sarlacc. It's pit. the Patton Oswalt speech. It's from the, Parks and it's Rec. exactly the, 
Patton Oswalt. He bursts up out yeah. of the Hand down from the <laughs> twin moons of Tatooine. Right. And immediately everybody in the world recognized that and they put the video up with it and was you know, it was like, okay, that's this is pretty funny, but I was personally I was okay with it. You know, it, uh, like we couldn't spend the entire show in the Sarlacc pet pit. We had to get out of there. We we've already known he's back in the Mandalorian, so it's just. And I saw people arguing, you know, the expanded universe did more with that story, and the Sarlacc had psychic connections with the people that devoured. Like it had a whole yeah, backstory yeah. that people were annoyed got left out. It's like. Yeah. I don't we care just, about we, any of that. I don't care about any of that. I'm not precious about anything like that. I just right. want it to be entertaining. So he flashbacked to, um, he gets out of the Sarlacc, burns his way. The stormtrooper is in there. We don't know why, where'd the stormtrooper come from, whatever. Uh, so he gets out of the Sarlacc, Sarlacc They are pit. known for being very clumsy. So That's true. They, well, they he fell just a fell lot off. of miles to yeah. get out there in that Sarlacc pit. I got news for that. They're, they're, I think they're regretting that freaking Stormtrooper being in there because they have no explanation for why the yeah. hell it's Oh, we'll there. get an animated series tra- tracing <laughs> that, that guy's that entire history. <laughs> and then after that, um, we see the Jawas find him. They take his armor, which, you know, I was like, geez, these Jawas are jerks. Um, but they leave him when they, clearly in the Mandalorian, they, they didn't do that with Cobb Vance. So I, I when... They found him. They took him in. So I guess these were different Jawas. Um, and then not all Jawas, Cliff. Not all Jawas. I guess. Yeah, come on. They're not a monolith. And then after that, um, very fine people. Very fine people. <laughs> Fett's found by the Tusken Raiders, and they drag him behind a Bantha uh, through the forever, bandit. forever. I was like, "There's only so many minutes in the show, but let's drag him yeah. behind a Bantha forever." Uh, he wakes up from the flashback to says, tells Finnick the dreams are back. Um, we already know this. Uh, then he gets armored up. So we, the first time we get to see him putting on the armor and, uh, then, then we get to that, that torture droid 8D8, um, which I got a figure of sitting right up here, uh, from, from return of the Jedi, uh, which he was voiced by Matt Barry. Um, the torture droid is. Then they get the guests in there um, to pay their respects to to Boba Fett, and we get the delegate, the Aqualish delegate, um, which gives him a bunch of credits, a bunch of money. Uh, then Robert Rodriguez comes in as the Trandoshan, um, and he gives him the Wookiee pelt or the Wookiee skin. And then uh, after that. Uh, he makes a remark and says, may you never leave Mos Espa, uh, whatever that means. And then uh, after the tributes, uh, we get the, the pigmen, the Gamorrean gourds, uh, Gamorrean gourds, Gamorrean guards um, come in uh, and then they, you know. In a little bit better loyalty. shape than their ancestors. Like Definitely. Keeping, keeping a little bit better care of themselves. Definitely. Uh, fewer clothes, too. Um, so he gets his, his Gamorians, and then I think after that we get that, uh, that's when they go to the, um, the bar and we get Jennifer Beals, uh, playing a Twilight and the sanctuary. And then we get to see Max Rebo and, uh, one of the, uh, 
Modell nodes there and they're like new like I don't know how he survived but he survived the the uh sail barge explosion but so we get a little and droid learned, and learned a new song. Well, yeah, we get a droid playing drums now in his band. It's like it's like uh Max Rebo's super group. And then um Oh, we see Captain one of the Captain Rex droids from Star Tours uh in there dealing cards. Uh he meets with the mayor or the uh yeah, Major he, Domo. Yeah. Major Domo. Um, Maybe instead of Coach Mayor, you could be Coach Dymo. <laughs> mm. You could be, be the crime lord of Lower City. Yeah. <laughs> I don't pay want. me tribute. <laughs> Come to it. the community hall and pay me tribute. It, next time, droid. Yeah, next time if we when we uh, have Jared on the show and we see one of those uh, Wookiee skins in the back hanging, we'll know. Yeah. Is we'll that know. a Wookiee skin hanging back there with that metal on? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, um, on this Wookiee skin playing trivia, <laughs> it was uh, a rough game. So then, uh, after the, uh, they come out of the sanctuary, they get ambushed um, in the worst fight. Like it was the, mo- it's that fight sucked. It was <laughs> slow, so slow, slow motion. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everybody said, had the a mask on, though. Tamura Tamura Morrison's got to be in the sixties, I'm 60, sure. So I don't sixty-two, I think. I mean, I don't expect backflips and craziness, no. but it felt it felt awkward and yeah. yes. clunky. Yeah. Um. So we get those guys, which instantly, for me, I thought two things: parkour, the the episode of The Office. And the other thing it reminded me of was the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular show at Hollywood Studios. Mm. Um, it, I mean, like, it was way too. Um, if if you would have taken the, uh, I think actually I think in the stunt show I think the the bad guys wear a cover on their face too. So put them together, I would not have been able to really tell the difference um, in that chase scene. And then, you know, uh, they get the assist from the Gamorreans in that fight. They chase the... Fennec chases the uh, the two guys through the rooftops and then um, captures one, kills the other. And then that was pretty much it, I think. Yeah, that was episode one. So, nothing real exciting, just an introduction, more or less. Getting our team together. Well, he also, like, we had him... You know, being with the Tuscan Raiders and being tied to the thing and yeah. the kid, the young one. And then there's like the animal, whatever creature that was. And he, they do the whole, all I could think was those books like Save the Cat or what, uh, go, uh, where they, it's like movie cheats. So like if you want to make your character likable, have them be nice to the animal mm. or whatever. So he like knocks the animal out, but he pets it. And yeah, stuff. I'm like, I'm like, oh, of course we got to make Boba Fett the nice sweetie pie. <laughs> well, yeah, I know he's a villain. You know, that's you root for him because he's cool. But yeah, okay, you have to make you, you have to give him motivation. Like I don't know what his he wants to be a crime boss since when he's a bounty hunter. Like, did his time in the star like change him, or did it? Or we're learning I, more about you know his time with the with the Tuscans. Maybe well, I, mean, I, I think I, what I these, flat, on these flashbacks we are going to see how 
how involved he, becomes... he gets in this town. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, there's only know. so far I'm interested in him because he's cool and I like him. Yeah. Okay, that gets me so far. Like you, the show's got to do something to get me the rest of the way. Because I, you know, just watching it because I like the character, I well, think he's cool. Yeah, these first episodes are very, very light on, for the most part, they're very light on the crime lord stuff. At least, especially the first two, and so heavy on the on the sand people stuff. That... Yeah, he, uh, that all right, racist. They're called Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> But I mean, other than that, uh, I even I mean, like I'm cool with it. Like that was neat to see because, like, I don't think it's coming. I don't think it's going into the Sardlac pit that changed him. I think it was the stuff afterwards. Definitely, all the Tuscan stuff being dragged through the desert, and and everything we see in the next two episodes really we is it's meant to of show Arabia. he's a different Bo- Boba yeah. Fett than he, what we knew. Well, the thing that's I think what people are so jarred by is like we've spent 30 40 years with him, he's a different thing. And now they're like, well that was he was barely a person yet. Now he is yeah. like becoming who he is and it's not at all who who he was before. Because you know, we didn't, if you go, you know, if you're not familiar with the comics or books, you're just going on Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. We don't really see much of him. And the Christmas special. And the Christmas special, <laughs> which we'll get there. And they, they just bring in some of the prequel stuff, him seeing his dad be murdered. And yeah. Like they, they're, yeah. You know. yeah. So, so it's definitely, to me, it's definitely him showing that he is not the same guy because of the Tuscan stuff and becoming one with them. So episode two real quick um, opens with Finnick. Uh, she, uh, they, they've got that ninja assassin guy back at Jabba's place. Um, ADH there who wants to, uh, who's kind of arguing back and forth with, with Boba Fett and Finnick. And then uh, he wants, I think they, this is when they, he he says he won't talk and they discover the droid says he is with the, he's an assassin with the night wind who apparently are very famous. I thought this was going to go towards like, um, crimson dawn just because of the colors and stuff, but it didn't. And then well, season left. There's, there's yeah. still like, there's still, even after three episodes, like who's going to, what are they doing is it going to be crimson dawn or what's it going to be uh, yeah i feel like everybody's waiting on it to be revealed like who the ultimate problems are mm-hmm. i keep talking about the pikes yeah see to me I, they've done so much with the pikes putting them in i was like well i'm pretty sure at, at first i was like it was going to be crimson dawn and then i i kind of thought well it's really looking like the pikes are going to be the bad and guy. you know what honestly the whole time i'm thinking is boring like this i don't even care who it is i'm bored by this i'm bored it isn't so freaking i'm not i really haven't been bored with it i mean i recognize that it it, it's definitely different than i thought it was going to be but i have i haven't i've yet to be bored there's been enough happening to like tell us what else happened okay so uh cliff's got a lizard up his nose (laughs) yeah Maybe. Uh, we get the assassin in the Nightwind, and then they trick him by dropping him, 
dropping him into the Rancor pit after he won't talk. And he doesn't realize there's not a Rancor there. They've tricked him, and then he says the mayor sent him. So they go to see the mayor. Um, and then uh, this is when we get that really weird clerk guy who was totally out of place in the Star Wars movie. We get the Major Domo uh, for the mayor. They burst into his chambers, and then we see the uh, the Hammerhead mayor. And uh, he says it wasn't him. They killed the assassin guy immediately, so he can't talk or say anymore. And then, um, what happens she, then? She Bob- <laughs> no, I was reading. Uh, uh, Boba tells him that the tells the mayor that he's no longer a bounty hunter. Uh, before they leave, the mayor asks, "Who really sent the night wind?" Like it's some big, huge mystery. And then, uh, then we get the twins. Uh, we hear them coming. They're on their what? What do they call that? A, a leader, pallet or something? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. There's a no. cut couple huts. We yeah. weren't expecting that. These no. two huts on a platter, and they're like, <laughs> you know, I don't know whether they're two, they might be huts. like they're <laughs> twins, but they might like yeah, like they, each other. I don't know what's yeah. Going. We don't know what's up with that. Um, don't judge the huts. <laughs> they yeah. are uh, they are new characters. They are new huts. So. Um, just for this show. Basically, yeah, they're just like, we're huts. We're we're the ones that are supposed to be in charge. And yeah. Yeah, they want to lay somebody figure out. Java's, Java's stuff. So, um, Who even wants this town that everything looks exactly the yeah, same? That's the other thing. It's like they're battling over this backwoods, crappy yeah. town on a backwoods. There's no planet. water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Too clear- many sons to have water. <laughs> yeah, clearly that... that- I've seen that point being made of like, it's Tatooine. It's supposed to be, you know, some outer rim do nothing. There is nothing here planet, but anyways, it seems very busy in this show. Um, and then is this where we get, uh, yeah, this is where we first see, uh, the, uh, the new Wookiee, uh, Kersantan. He was black. That's one, that's one bad Wookiee. Yeah, that's one bad Wookiee. Okay, Wookiee. Uh, he 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 comes from Darth Vader number one, right, Jordan? Yeah, he was introduced in the comics. He's was like a sidekick with that Doctor Afra character. Yeah, that people mm. are excited to introduce at some point into the live action. Yeah, so he's he's an ex gladiator that they trained to fight, and now he's a uh, bounty hunter. And then we get another flashback to, and we see Boba training with the Tusken Raiders, um, with the stick, the gaffy stick. And, um, you know, that's when we get that where he says, show me. And then they start, he starts moving the way they move and with the stick. It's dances with wolves. or It was dances with wolves. They're teaching him stuff. He's teaching them stuff. Totally they're dancing smoking, with wolves. They're smoking peace pipe. They're blowing, you know, instead of doing whatever. What's that? What's that? Uh, what's that drink or whatever they they always Peyote. give? No, oh, blue some, milk. Some I forget what it's called. It starts with an A, I think. But a, a drink that makes them, you know, have a hallucination and stuff. Ayahuasca. Yes, oh, ayahuasca. Right. And but they're like, uh, yeah. Instead of that, they stick a worm up his nose or whatever to get the same vibe. And he's like having his hallucinations and stuff. Well, it's like they're literally doing that. They're like, this is, 
I mean, obviously they're equating, you know, the Tuscan Raiders are like a Native American right. to, yeah. you know, a, a Native to this area. And they're just telling like a Lawrence of Arabia story. I'm like, yes, I can, you can, you can rely too much on redoing these stories. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's not, I, I don't care if you do it, but I'm not loving it. I'm not loving it. Yeah, I feel like we got it didn't do enough new to need three episodes of it. Like right. mm-hmm. you know, we, we get oh he 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 bonded with these people. Okay, and then we got more of it and more of it and more of it. It's like, yeah, okay. You're, Every episode I get to the end and think, man, these story these the art this mm-hmm. Mandalorian and this the art the at the end part, where right. they drew pictures before of what they were gonna do. I can see where they were excited. The yeah. art is always amazing. I would hang any of those on my wall. Just be like, this is amazing. It does look great. But the execution, first off, it's no color to anything. Everything is washed out in this Disney palette, and I hate it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I feel I, I need to stop talking because I'm I'm more. I sound more negative than I am. I'm. Yeah. Watch, I watch it. And I'm like. Yeah, I'm yeah, still enjoy. I'm yeah, enjoying yeah. the show. But yeah, there we are haven't valid... talked about the third episode that freaking annoys me more than anything. Yeah, there are valid criticisms. Um, but it also it take how again for a character. But a lot of it is. But he he became popular because of how cool he looks. And half of these episodes, he's in tattered long underwear. Yes. Yes. He's a pudgy he's bald guy down. in his 60s. Yeah. In like stained long underwear. It's like, right. now how cool can you be wearing your your long that's, underwear? That's exactly it. It's like we when we left off with them, he fell in that Sarlacc Sarlacc pit. Cool guy mm-hmm. fell in there and comes out old guy. Yeah, and that's not. I mean, you know, Ugh. being half melted by stomach juice, I right. guess, would would, then would hurt anybody. The, then they the, absorbed well, some of it, and I think that's part of it too. Is then they use that as okay he was in the sarlacc pit for however long and then he gets drugged through the desert and now he yeah. looks terrible you know that's part of the well the actor is way older now we have to make him you know we have to give a reason why he looks this way yeah, yeah so, and then eventually they give him the robes again yeah out of lawrence, Ara- lawrence of arabia yeah dress him in the, he goes native quote-unquote right exactly so yeah, so we get he sees the speeders. Um, we get the part where he sees the speeders at night going across the dunes, um, and then he goes. He can he he talks to the head chief or whatever, and says that he'll you know he's going to stop the train, and then oh yeah, they got to do he, a train thing. Yeah, so it's like that's so. I mean, come on. Well, it's yeah, I know. It's, they it's were trying to do these to... things like we'll have a train robbery or whatever. It's like <laughs> in Star Wars style. I'm like that's so. Well, it reminded me. One oh one. They did that thing in in Solo too. I know. Yeah. They already did it. Yeah. So, anyways, he goes to <laughs> and the and the scene versus the uh, was the Jawa thing. Sandcrawler. Sandcrawler in the mm-hmm. Mandalorian. Yeah. It's like they did it better in Solo. It was, I mean, yeah. Why are you doing this boring? Everything. Yeah, is the train was cooler. Cool. The monorail train on Solo yeah, was cooler. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, I so, enjoyed the scene of like popping in and out. You know, you know the, the little manholes and stuff. Like I, yeah. I thought the actual scene was all right, but yeah, again, it took a long time to get there, and then nothing really paid off after it. Yeah. So 
in between then he goes to Tashi Station and oh, yeah. to get to to fight the 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 bikers the Nitko or is that what they were called Nitko I remember uh, Kenner figures um minor gang yeah. um they're apparently they're miners and I don't know why but they are and then so he goes to Tashi Station and we see for the first time since the cut out part of a new hope we get luke's friends fixer and cammy um that were cut out of the original movies they're portrayed in this as just people that are getting picked on by these bikers bubba fett yeah, enters. I, I had no reference to that till i read it later so it didn't it didn't add anything for me uh <clears throat> i've seen those scenes a bunch of times over the years uh, those cutout scenes but uh with bigs and and all yeah that. i never had either but i think it's funny it's like if they spend a little less time putting stuff in there that people, a lot of people don't know, and start putting some Ronto wraps or something in there. <laughs> yeah, they should have been eating Ronto wraps. It would have been cool. <laughs> um, so, anyways, he goes in there. He's all badass. He beats up the bikers. He steals their speeder bikes. Takes them back to the Tuscans. Teaches the Tuscans how to ride like a bentha. That's how you got to do it. <laughs> It's so like, weird. what am I watching? <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> um, Old Boba Fett, yeah, like, the, baddest man. <laughs> like a man, he wants. He just wants to ride stuff, guys. He yeah. he, he rode the Mythosaur in the in the thing, and now yeah. he wants to ride the Rancor and the in the and the Banthas and all that. So, um, so they stop the train, have that fight rob the train get it stopped that little droid conductor thing runs off and we find out it's the pikes and it's from the uh the slave mine the spice mines of from castle another solo throwback there and then um we figure out the pikes are there and they're the ones that they're running spice through the desert and he tells them they have to pay a toll from here on out so um Anything after that in season in episode two? That so was let's the, get to three because well, three yeah. is the well two. I thought it was important, especially at some point in Cliff's life. At the end, he he had to he makes his own stick. He got like the yeah. ceremony. Yeah, I was just like, like they made him. I said they made him Galaxy's exit edge. through the gift shop. And you're gonna you're mm-hmm. gonna have to make your own stick at at in get a you get your your piece of tree. You got to go pick a tree. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And they're going to charge you $800. for Exactly. hundred percent. You're going to be able to make your own greatest experience of your life. (laughs) Episode three. And they're going to, all the, all the, uh, all the snack bars are going to have those little things to drink out of the, the, yeah. What are those called? Black melons or something? Uh, I only drink right from the teat. (laughs) You're purely (laughs) blue or green milk. Uh, episode three. Streets of the slowest oh. chase <laughs> ever slow. happened. It was slow. all I could think of was I was trying to. Th- it bothered me for a while. I was like, "What is this reminding me?" It's like I feel like I saw a GIF or something at one point. Where isn't there where the two the old ladies race on scooters at, at a half quarter of a mile an hour? Mm-hmm. That's what this was. That's the Seinfeld Seinfeld George <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. 
that's what it is. I saw so many people compare this to like Power Rangers, but that was not what, what I'm too old for that. That is not what cross. All I could think of were Vespas. Like, well, that's what they were styled that yeah. in like fifties cars. They had these, yeah. they had the biker gang or whatever, but they all have, they have five different colored Vespa looking yeah. speeder bikes which with the stylings of like almost a 57 Chevy or something. And they're like very brightly colored mm-hmm. differently, Shiny. which, which yes, they did that. And like, I mean, obviously George Lucas has always done this. This is like <laughs> attack the clones and it can drives the yellow speeder. Mm-hmm. And it's, it looks like uh Harrison Ford's hot rod from American graffiti, yeah. but it doesn't look exactly like a car. Like these, these speeders look like the stylings of, of, you know, it was too on the nose. It was. Honestly, what it looked like is when you go to the fair and they ha- have the things drop, fly, drive around a circle mm, and it's like a bunch little of little ride. motorcycles or whatever. That's what these were. And they went the same speed, like, <laughs> just like, doo, doo, doo. Yeah. and they're chasing some guy in a hot rod down the streets of Mos Espa at like one mile an hour like robert rodriguez should hang it up and the and then they Passion were, in the fruit stands the like guy wrecks off. like biff in fact yeah. it's an obvious back to the future reference yeah it was. i just was like that's when i messaged you what am yeah. i watching i knew exactly like, what you were talking about so stupid because i'd already it was watched so it. poorly done it was not well, great it pissed me off is what it did the, it was like this is the boba fett show yeah the Watching a chase with nobody we gave a shit about. Who was even in that chase? Do you remember? The mods. Right. We are the mods. We are the mods. The, the, are mods. the mods. Yeah. It's these this group of people you don't even know chasing a guy you don't care about <clears throat> at yeah. one mile. And an then and it ends with the guy with the jetpack. That's what like, that, he could have just he could have just jetpacked the whole time. That like, was the uh, best part. Right. After it's all over, Boba Fett just jetpacks down. <laughs> I was like, what? What were you? Doing? I had time to walk back to my house, get my jetpack, and then come back. <laughs> All right. Ugh. So, in this bizarre episode, um, we get the Major Domo 8. Um, Major Domo 8D8 has waited quite so long to tell his boss how most Espa is split between the various mob bosses. So, now, episode three, we're finally getting an explanation, basically, of what the hell of the how the crime world works there so which didn't really make it more interesting yeah, yeah no. riveting it was at least riveting yeah um then oh what else happened uh the the wookie yeah wookie wookie wake up call yeah he's in the he's having another flashback to i'm sure in the tank the the uh Wakes pulls him up out of it, proceeds to beat the living life out of him, and uh, which was I, I was cool with this scene, like I was like holy crap he's beating beating the hell out of Boba Fett, and the cracking sounds old. and all that, and I was like uh oh is this <laughs> surely this isn't you know we're not gonna spend the the rest of the series in a wheelchair, um. <laughs> But then we get the mods. He that, could get one of those. He get one of those bikes and motor. Vespas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But the mods come in and with their droid parts on their bodies are able to fight him off long enough um, that they Yeah, he him. hired them. Like, it was Steven Root. Yeah, Steven Root was... They, he was charging too much for water or something. Yeah. And he's like, well, they I'll were, hire all you guys. And they stole you charge the right Steven thing. Root, who complained to Boba Fett. And then when he went to go, you know, take him out, he, they were like, well, there's no work or whatever. And he said, well, come work for me. So now they're part of his A little game. political, a little bit of social uh, commentary. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I liked that, the, those beats. Mm-hmm. It. That was kind of, that was good. So they fight the Wookiee off. They dump him down in the Rancor pit, Rancor-less pit. And so now he's in the dungeon um, as their prisoner. And then the huts show, the twins show back up, um, and basically say uh, they're leaving. It's bad for business. They're not going to stick around for whoever is coming or whatever, and they no longer want claim to Jabba's stuff, his empire. And they bring uh, Boba Fett and Finnick free Kersantan. And then he runs off. The The twin huts say, we have a present for you, and it's a big damn rancor with Danny Trejo. Uh, he's, oh. Trejo? Yes. <laughs> he's the new rancor keeper um, for some reason. With the most exciting rancor to ever step onto a it's show. It's got blinders <laughs> on, apparently. it's. He says that, you know, it's a gift. They take the rancor in, and then they do this explaining about it's depressed. How, yeah, he's depressed. Oh, uh, me too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and then he says, "Well, they imprint on the first human they see," and I'm thinking this is a pretty big damn rancor. Not to uh, have ever seen anybody because it's got a blindfold on. I I didn't understand that. That's probably why he was depressed. He. A damn it might all be horse shit. It might be. Uh, we only show him people that he's going to kill or something. Well, that see, would I be wonder, better. Like I totally expected something like that. I was like, this is not on the up and up here. There's no way. Like, uh, and when you don't he kept trust get, Machete. No. <laughs> and when when Boba Fett was like, you know, eye to eye with the damn thing, I kept waiting for him to take that blindfold off and the damn thing eat him. Like it yeah. would have made more. But it's sense. just so like, again, it's such a crutch to be like, have him be nice to the animals. Yeah, and well, you'll gonna, love this character. He's gonna. Ride it's like we're talking rancor. about Boba Fett here. He's gonna ride that rancor. He wants to ride it. He's gonna. Yeah, ride of course. It. Yeah, he makes the reference that I've written bigger things than that, and we're all like, we saw that cartoon. <laughs> really, that was. I mean, as far as what actually happened, that was pretty much it. Yeah, well, we just we saw that he came back to the tribe and it had been massacred. So that yeah. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the flashback to um, where the all the Tuscans were killed by the Pikes, and uh, he was uh, stabbed in the back because the uh, the Nick Two biker gang. Um, we know they were the ones that slaughtered the Tuscans because they had painted that same symbol earlier in an episode when they were raiding uh, one of the moisture farms, they had painted that same, those same letters on that building as they did 
with the with mm. the uh, Tuscan. So he knows who it was, and uh, I'm sure there's uh, some reckoning to to be had. Oh yeah. But my main issue with it is that you know, Mandalorian's great, right? Mm. And yeah. so it like kind of established like, wow, what look what you can do with the Star Wars universe, right? And then the very next show that comes out is just like treading so much of the same ground as Mandalorian, but not as well. So it's like you've got a guy in a Mandalorian helmet in the best car running around a desert with bounty hunt. It's like, dude, we could have had an Ewok show with this with this bunch yeah. of thinking. Oh, hey, calm down. You, Don't get excited. you are preaching yeah, you, to oh man, look, look I mean, over you there. know, the Tashiki and show. I don't care. Like there's so many corners of the Star Wars universe you could come up with something completely Instead, yeah. Instead we just grab a grab an old fat Mandalorian and have him do yeah. trade level trade federation level excitement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it's not I don't think it's terrible, but it's just that that's what's frustrating to me is just like why are we just kind of doing the same thing as Mandalorian, just not as interestingly when yeah. there's a hundred other things you can do in the Star Wars universe. Now, so then what's the next show? It's Obi-Wan on Tatooine, dealing with yeah. going to bars, dealing with Tuscans. Like, I'm, you know, I'm sure it's going to tread up. It's going to be very, very beige. Ground. It's going to be yeah. very beige. The, now, now, there's nothing yeah. in that, before we get, speaking of Obi-Wan, there's nothing that says Obi-Wan was on Tatooine that entire time. Like, he could have went off planet. He may go off planet in that series. Let's hope. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope. But I feel like, I still feel like with, with. I would love to find out that he never watched out for Luke all the time. <laughs> he was just always a deadbeat. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, as far as this series, like, I feel like there's still, it can redeem itself a lot just by, okay, he's building up Boba. Boba Fett is building up his gang. He's got the Gamorreans. He's got Fennec. He's got the mods. He's probably going to get this Wookiee um, at some point. Kersantan's going to become some kind of ally to him. And whether they're fighting the Pikes or they, they could bring in Crimson Dawn and bring Kira from Solo back in. Um, there's a lot. There's so many possibilities. I feel like they could still redeem yeah what but honestly seen. even if they do all of that that does not interest me at all i i, I want to mm. see them tie this into other i don't care about those the politics of the mob and most espa i do not care i was like i want something else i want him to be i don't care that he's a uh older wiser boba fett that's fine but have him do something else with characters i care about like bring him in i while before this guy is 70 how about you have him play uh rex and cody and w yeah. bring ahsoka and let's do some stories that i that tie it into clone wars and things like that let's let's you know let's tie it into the mandalorian stuff not into this crap you know Get it more into well something more more fun. I think, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I think they are trying to to um, incorporate it into previous storylines with the Pikes and and if they could bring in you know even Shadows of the Empire or something like that, you know Prince Shizor comes 
to, you know, a Colin. Well, now we're talking. That's, yeah, that I would mean, be let's, fine. That's what I'm saying. I think there's still a possibility. Get some Dash that, Rendar in yeah, there. I, I could feel differently. or You know, I do like it, but I could really like it if they, you know, take a little turn here or, you know, it gets When they were exciting. putting the helmets on the skewers or yeah. whatever, I was like, amp it up. Put some... Stick some freaking Ewoks down over well, them suckers. They were showing you that because that lady <laughs> from the lady from uh, the Mandalorian, her little pop up droids were walking behind that. She made a little cameo there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, anything uh, else on the book of Boba Fett? So far, it's no. still weekly Star Wars. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I still watch it. I, I'm just. I, I, yeah, yeah, we want it to be more. Like, yes, yeah, Mandalorian expanded our hopes, how high our it, hopes it did set get. the bar. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Want, did like um, in the first episode when he was getting dragged, I turned to the boys and said, "They're writing in single file to hide their numbers." <laughs> so that, that, uh, I appreciated yeah. that they were in single file. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Very cool. Okay, that's last true. thing I have for Disney Plus is. This wonderful movie that came out um, back around Thanksgiving in the theaters, but apparently not that many people saw it until it hit Disney Plus. I've been dying to talk about Encanto. Many years ago, this candle blessed our family with a miracle. Our house, our casita, came to life with magic. Hola, casita. In time, every member of our family Cecilia, up top! was given their own magical gift. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I understand you. I'm not super strong like Luisa. The donkey's got out again. On it! Or effortlessly perfect like Senorita Perfecta Isabella. But Mama, why am I the only one that didn't get a gift? We are just as special as anyone else in this family. You just healed my hand with an arepa con queso. Casita? What's going on? The magic is in danger. We gotta get out of here! We must protect our home. We must protect our family. This is my chance. I will save the magic. Wait. How do I save the magic? I'm losing my gift! Mirabel, the fate of the family is going to come down to you. I can't do this. I know Seth and Jordan haven't seen it, but Jared, se- Jared did watch it uh, <laughs> with his family. So this, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is about a family. The Madrigals are, uh, they're a Colombian family in the mountains and they have a magic house, um, in a place called Encanto that every child, every person in the family, um, is blessed with, by magic with a unique gift, um, except for our central character, Maribel, one of the grandkids who did not receive a gift. She's the only one. And um, she discovers that the magic may be fading away. 
uh, with the house, and uh, Encanto is now in danger because this family, they're the ones that help out the people of the village, of the town. So, um, directors Brian Howard, Jared Bush, music by uh, Jermaine Franco, and the story was actually written by Jared Bush, Brian Howard, um, Cherise Castro-Smith, Jason Hand, Nancy Cruz, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and has, when I took my notes the other day, a couple days ago, the box office was currently at $216 million. Um, it's the number one, the soundtrack is the number one album on the uh, Billboard 200 uh, charts uh, for albums, and let's just say Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote some bangers, guys, for this, for this movie. <laughs> He's got a couple... Uh, one song called Surface Pressure, which is what I I didn't know. Listen anything. up, Disney. You can put that on your DVD box. Yes. You can quote Cliff Barnes of KPP. Bangers. Bangers. Um, <laughs> uh, but actually, my daughter and uh, one of her cousins um, kind of brought this to my attention because I I hadn't watched it yet, and they were talking about the song Surface Pressure, um, and how you know one of the girls had really. She's 15. She really, she's the oldest daughter, but she really related to this song and she was just listening to it apparently. And then I quickly discovered that there's a whole Disney community out there obsessed with the, with this movie right now and these songs and, uh, they're forcing their families to also watch it. So what it's really about, um, before we get, well, I'll just say what it's really about is generational family trauma. That is the theme of this movie. It's very un-Disney-like. There's no princesses. Um, there's no fairy tales or anything like that. This is just something... This is new Disney right here. This is the what the direction they're heading in. Movies like these we've seen. And some with Pixar too. But, Jared, what did you guys think about this movie? Yeah, we... I mean, yeah, we, we, we liked it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. The songs were great kind of what you were just talking about there, you know, it's just very, it was a very different type of movie. And, you know, there's also no, there's no villain in this movie. There's no bad guy in this movie. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, the, the conflict, I read somewhere, like, you know, the conflict is, you know, tr- trauma and, you know, uh, living up to your family's expectations. Like, yeah, it's a lot of pretty heavy stuff for a little kid's movie. Right. But, it's still fun. It's still funny, you know, kids movies with, with great songs. So yeah, I think it, it works on a couple of different levels when you, when you watch, you know, watches, you can kind of appreciate it for some of the heavy themes and some of the heavy stuff they're talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my kids thought it was cool and funny. So yeah, it, it worked on, on both levels for us. I yeah. thought it was good. So basically um, the grandma, the, the Abuela, Alma, uh, she is, if there is a villain, it's spoilers. It's her in this movie. Um, she is the one that when her, she has three triplets, um, and a husband and they are forced from their village of Columbia, uh, forcefully he ends up dying and she's left with these three babies and is blessed with this magical candle it wasn't and, a cocaine bear, was it? No, no cocaine bears. Not in this oh, one. Sure. That would have been a great villain. That's a good villain. 
<laughs> and so uh, she uses the magic to basically they build their their casita, their their house, and she it's surrounded by the mountains and enclosed away from where people can hurt them basically. So that's how it starts out. Um, we meet the family very quickly. And like I said, the grandmother, she gets meaner as the film goes on. Um, and, and we learn how like fear, uh, basically is causing her to be so controlling over her family and um, to the point where she puts so much pressure, like Jared was saying, on each you know family member and their and their magical abilities, that uh, it, it creates this toxic environment. And then, you know, poor Maribel is she just constantly just sweeps to the side because she doesn't have anything to offer. She feels because she, the grandmother, basically she puts worth on each family member by how, by their gift and how important, how, how she can use that, um, to protect her family and the, and the people in the village. So, uh, so Mar poor Maribel gets pushed to the side a lot. Um, I got this from actually from the, the Mary Sue webpage I was reading the other day. And there was a, a part in there. It says Encanto showcases the duality of family, the beauty and love that comes from it and unrelenting pressure and sadness that can come from it too. It's a call to talk and to see each other instead of just pretending like everything is okay. And it's not about forgiving our family, just hearing them and learning, which, you know, that's pretty much the theme that that's it. That's the entire theme of the movie. Um, as far as the family, I, I made some notes on here real quick just to give you a rundown of the characters. We talked about the grandmother and basically the roles in this movie because this, this is the movie. It's just what the roles they play for the biggest part of it. The grandmother, she's the abuser. Um, she, you know, she manipulates the rest of the family to do what she wants them to do with their gifts and protect them. Um, Julietta is one of the triplets. She's the healer. Uh, her, her gift is she heals everyone through her cooking. So if you eat something she has made, whatever's wrong with you will instantly heal. And then we have Peppa. Peppa is, um, she's another one of the triplets that she is basically the entire film. She's just emotionally gaslit. Um, the grandmother constantly is, you know, because her power is when she gets upset, she affects the weather. Like she'll have a rain cloud above her when she gets married in the song, you know, she creates a hurricane. Um, so for the grandmother, she's constantly telling Peppa not to feel her feelings throughout the meal, the, the entire movie. And, um, she cannot her, her basically in, you know, she gaslights her. She makes her feelings invalid and, tells her, you know, just to be calm all the time. Um, then you have, we have Bruno, the third triplet, uh, Bruno's escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't talk. About <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno, but he's the scapegoat. Um, he's pretty fascinating to me. He is his, his power is he has visions of the future. So, um, he uses that to, 
tell people what he sees like, Oh, Hey, you're, you know, this is going to happen to you. But what, instead of them, that being a positive thing and like, Oh, looking out for it, they use it as a negative thing and they blame Bruno. Oh, you said this was going to happen and it happened and it's terrible. So you're the scapegoat of the family. Um, Bruno disappears at one point after his last vision. They don't know what happened to Bruno. Um, but the fascinating thing, somebody pointed this out, the way he is dressed, all the characters are dressed, their clothing reflect their powers. Like Peppa has like, um, sunburst on her dress and, uh, um, Maribel's mom has like little cooking dishes and things on hers. Um, Bruno just has basically, he wears like a, I don't know, what do you call it? Like a serape or something. Um, but the color of a, of it is literally Disney's go away green that they use in Disney parks. It's a color specifically designed that we don't see it. So when they want to hide like a show building in, in, in a theme park, they paint it, uh, go away green. So it doesn't catch your eye. And his, his whole outfit is literally covered by this go away green. And once somebody pointed that out to me, I was like, Oh my God, I will never not see that. (laughs) Um, but everything's his fault because of his visions and they blame Bruno for everything. And then he disappears. Uh, then there's Dolores, who is the, uh, first grandchild. Dolores's power is she has like super hearing. She hears, she listens to everybody. Um, she talks very quietly because she's always listening. And Dolores, she plays the therapist role in this because she hears everybody and listens to their, their, their lives unknowingly sometimes, but yet she also listens to how they feel and stuff. So she's the therapist, um, as far as she goes, then there's Camilo. Uh, Camilo is her son. He's basically the mascot. He is a shapeshifter type guy. He pretends to be other people, um, which basically adds up to he is whatever the family needs him to be. So if they need him to be, hey, we need a we need another tall guy. He pretends to be the tall guy to hang up the tall, you know, the tall banner, the decorations, or whatever. Or um, if there's a scene where there's a young mother who has a child and she's obviously extremely tired and he takes, he, he takes her form, grabs the baby to take care of the baby so the mother can rest. Um, that's just how he helps the people of the village. Uh, then there's Antonio. Antonio's kind of the peacekeeper. He's like, he's the little kid who's about to get his gift, um, and, and gets his gift in the, in the movie. He talks to animals, um, then you have the other, the other children, uh, Isabella, she's the golden child. She is Maribel's oldest sister. Um, her power is she can make things grow and provides flowers and stuff. Um, but she is seen as perfect, uh, especially by the grandmother. She's that golden child role. Un- uh, then there's the middle, the middle sister, Louisa. Louisa is very interesting. She is a, she has a large build. Um, not something we normally see with Disney characters. I actually saw a lot of, a lot of females really identify with her online and they were making some comments, um, about never seeing their body type in one of these movies before. And then we get Louisa who is super strong. She carries the load of the family. Um, she is 
very capable and everything high functioning um but all the time she's also being crushed by responsibility she is you know she is everybody's go-to um super strong can do anything but yet you know she makes she makes in the song surface pressure she makes the point of talking about you know if she's not serving she doesn't hold any worth so after her we get maribel maribel again is another scapegoat um she has green glasses much the same as as bruno's color scheme and then uh of course everything's always her fault also just because she doesn't have a gift and and her grandmother they see her as incapable to the point where they leave her out of the family picture so also um Maribel's dad, uh, the kind of comedy characters of, of this movie, Maribel's dad, Augustine, um, he's kind of clumsy guy that has to constantly get stung by bees and has to be constantly healed by his wife. And then Peppa's husband, who was my favorite Felix. Um, Felix is great. He's very attentive to his wife. And there's, if you really watch closely in the movie there, you notice how, what a good daddy is. He's taught his sons how to also be attentive to everyone around them. Um, it's, it's really sweet. Um, he's very funny. He looks kind of funny. And then like when his son impersonates him and that one song cracked me up. Um, but that's basically, that's the movie. It's great. It's a wonderful theme. I think everybody should watch it. It's got a lot of buzz online. Um, people making their parents and grandparents watch this movie was really interesting to me and seeing what kind of reaction they get. And because especially grandparents don't always see the connection, um, is what's happening right now. So it's really, it's really brought a conversation up about, you know, just toxicity in families. I just thought it was really interesting I've watched it a bunch of times. My daughter has been watching it a whole bunch. And like we have conversations like our TikToks are right now are just full of Encanto references right now. So, but uh, the other main thing I wanted to talk about this movie was we've mentioned the last couple episodes talking about, you know, I really like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I've liked everything he's done and he's been doing so much Disney stuff now. And somebody online, um, I think it was actually, I think it was a TikTok, I think it was Sean Roswell uh, that brought it to my attention. But talking about diversity, you know, when In the Heights came out, we had this conversation on this podcast with In the Heights. Um, and Miranda had, there was a lot of criticism about his movie he did. And yes, they were all mostly Latin characters, but there wasn't a diverse a lot of diversity with people of color in the Latin community. You know, we talked about, you know, everybody was kind of the same skin color when in reality, it's not really that way. There are a lot of darker tones in that community. And, you know, we're talking about a big, a lot of islands, a big area um, of the world. So he took a lot of criticism with that. And we had made mention that, you know, he took it kind of in stride and said, you know what, you're right. I can do better. I will do better and really took responsibility in it. And then this Encanto movie comes out and everybody is, there's a lot of different tones going on in just this family really being represented in this character. So I really felt like, holy crap, he actually did it. You know, he did what he was, he said he was going to do 
and did it well. Like it wasn't blatantly in your face. Look, look at what we did. He just did it better. Um, which I thought was really amazing. Jared shaking his head. Do you, do you agree? I mean, yeah, I mean, and I, I've seen a lot, a lot about this, and I, I know there was a picture going around I saw the other day of you know a little boy who looked just like uh, Antonio or whatever, yeah. you know, watching it. And it was said representation matters, so you know that's you know we're just we're at that. that the, this is what we talk about a lot. You know, you guys talk about it a lot on, on the podcast and how important that kind of stuff is, and uh, I feel like we're getting better with it. Yeah, you know, from from the stuff that I'm seeing, so. It's always encouraging when you when you see some of that stuff. Yeah, so I definitely, I really, I felt like he needed some, uh, and of course he's got, he, you know, not by us, but you know, he's gotten some applause for it for actually kind of backing up what he what he said he was going to do. Um, the other thing, <laughs> kind of related to this, that concerned me a little bit after somebody brought it to my attention, that Disney is using him for everything, like anything. Anything to do with diversity, he is now the go-to guy, and he's the only one we're seeing doing this stuff. And that brought to the point of, like, is now he the poster boy for diversity within, you know, within these companies? Are they overusing him and instead of bringing other people in, which would make much, would, would be a better step, be bringing other people, more people of color, that are creators in to take up these roles instead of just, it's always Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's always, you know, I love his music. I love his songwriting style, by the way. If you can't tell me he did not write the part of Bruno for himself. If you listen to that, like that rap part and, and we don't talk about Bruno. I mean, it is, it is written for himself and they didn't let him play the part, but um, yeah, I think there's some real concern there. Just on the other half, I being a Disney fan, I also had the thought of it. Am I wrong here? And is this just the modern day Disney, you know, as a company, the modern, is he the modern day Sherman brothers? Because back in the, in the 40, the fifties and sixties, the Sherman brothers were the go-to songwriting duo, you know, two Jewish guys, two Jewish brothers, in, in the studio that wrote all the famous song, Disney songs for, you know, for uh, dozens of movies for decades. So is he just playing that role? And uh, we're, I don't know, but. I, that, that would be my guess of like, we've got a formula that works. We've got a popular guy, you know, we, let's just keep, let the goose keep laying the golden egg. The fact that it brings diversity is a bonus, but yeah. you know the you know the fact that he's he's delivering hit after hit, banger after banger, <laughs> is is what they really care about. And then it's like, hey, then there's also this extra bonus thing. So, but yeah. what also scares scares me about that is because I like the guy, and I don't I don't want it to become a thing where he, they shove him down our throats so much that everybody then well, he's already had the backlash and the. Oh, Hamilton was so popular, and then oh, the you know Gen Z sick of you know he's so cringe or whatever. You know we had that yeah. whole controversy. So like, you know, there's there's all well, there's always going to be the too much Lin Manuel too much boo. of a good thing, and then we hate yeah it. yeah yeah. 
so that's really, I tried to rush through that a little bit. That was a lo- whole lot of me talking and a whole lot of information and explaining characters that maybe you care about or maybe you don't. <laughs> but I've been sitting on it for a week and had to get it out. So it's a great movie. I think it's, um, I had the thought of, of is this going to be the movie of like, you know, the 2020s, the Dis- the huge Disney hit that everybody in 20 years is still talking about like this started something because it was so different much the way they did with Cinderella or jungle book or, or any of those films. And, and, or even, you know, if you want to go Renaissance, if you want to get little mermaid onto Aladdin to, you know, beauty and the beast, is this the start of something new, which if it is, it's going to be great. And I'm all in for it because I love the direction they're going. That's all I got. If this can't <laughs> say, don't, I can't get enough. Lynn Manuel and Kanto. I'm good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, that's Disney Plus. That's what's been going on on the Plus. Good on stuff. We'll be back with more Boba Talk uh, later as that show continues. Jared, thanks for joining us once more. Coach Mayor. Thanks again here. for having me. And we'll catch you soon. My name is Jordan Little. I'm Cliff Barnes. Bye forever. Speaking of anxiety, I was getting a little anxiety. I haven't had a podcast to edit or anything to do for a couple weeks, and I'm just like, Oh my god! Oh, we're so behind. <laughs> Jesse was in this week, and he asked, "Like, anything new you guys are doing?" Or and then Nathan, same thing. Yeah. I was like, you haven't put a new one out in a while. Like, sorry, Nathan, man. You got you eight years of these to go back and listen. Yeah, you have to go back and... Yeah. He, yeah, but if we would have had one out, he wouldn't have went back and found out we used to have t-shirts, and now he's all chomping for a t-shirt. Yeah, I, I'm pretty upset about that. I don't... So let's uh, break in and steal Jesse's shirt and sell it to Nathan. <laughs> only two of those shirts exist, I believe. Yeah. Jesse and Brandon are the only two of those wow. in existence. That's hilarious. I never knew we needed a third till today or till the other day. <laughs> Could have anticipated a third fan. Yeah. <laughs> Kapow, the pop cultured podcast, is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow the Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.